This meeting is being recorded by the organizer. Hello and welcome, Angie, to the Persephone program. Hey, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. I am definitely feeling better after the. Good. Uh, yeah. The um, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like the the conjunction of Mars and Saturn and Venus kind of in between that too. That was like an, an extension of Venus also being <clears throat> really not in good position for the last month, several <laughs> months. I mean, it's been, it just hasn't been fun and easy <laughs> in years, really. No, but um, it's you're getting totally better. right. That tugging back and forth between Mars and Venus, like trying to, you know, one get catching up to the other and vice versa. It was just, yeah, it was really, it's been an intense 2022 so far way more than I thought it would be yeah I um I agree with you I think that uh you know when I was talking when I did my little podcast on the year ahead you know and we're talking about the very amazing and interesting um Jupiter Neptune conjunction and looking at it and you know in history and trying to figure out how's this going to manifest like one of the things was you know you know, potential peace treaties or some like form of like the world coming together after a crisis. And so we right. saw the crisis like boom in February, know. you know, and, anyway. it's, and it's been shocking. I really am just fascinated by the resilience of the Ukrainian people because it's been, it's been so inspiring to watch, but also at the same time, it's like a big wake up call to the world. Like, this isn't stopping. Really, we got to do truly. something real this time about you know the dictators trying to trying to run the world in their own little bubbles. God, it's so true. And I mean, we certainly <laughs> had that in the last four years. But really briefly before we get into this conversation today, I just want to introduce you to the listeners. And I've wanted to have you on for the last few years. You and I have had several conversations about COVID and health. Because you are a nurse practitioner, you are a you've, you've done research um, uh, in in health and and wellness, and you definitely know of what you speak in terms of health. But also that like one of the reasons is because you're very, you know, you're a very passionate person in general who isn't afraid to share your views and your opinions in. I think a very kind of measured and to a certain extent learned way. So anyway, <laughs> I wanted to. Thank you. Well, I'm not as sweet as you are. I'm not a nurse practitioner yet. I'm so close, <clears throat> so close yet so far. <laughs> I should be done mm-hmm. in November. But okay. um, yeah, it's been an interesting way to look at the world because it's hard to look at things in terms of medicine and also reality, you know, because there's only so much we can do, even if the science is right there, if you have all the disinformation that's been going on and, you know, everybody's personal experiences and opinions, it's really challenging, you know, to to get across that we're all in this together and this isn't trying to take away anybody's rights or freedoms. This is truly just, this is, you know, it's a virus. It does not care about anybody's personal opinions about what's going on. You know, that's kind of the funny thing about it. Like, it doesn't matter what we all argue about. Like, it's still there and it's still changing and, you know, making yeah. things crazy. But I know it's it's a mess. Well, but I love that you say that I... about your medical okay. journey. Okay. So I became a registered nurse in 2009. Um, I originally was a music major, surprisingly, um, my first round of college, and that's where I met my husband, Brian. He is also a music major. And Yay. I had struggled, I know, I had struggled, college sweetheart, I had struggled between choosing to originally become a physician assistant or go into music, and I just followed music at that time. And um, because of some vocal problems I had, I had vocal, I had nodes on my vocal folds, and I was not able to finish my degree here in Idaho where we went to college. Oh. So we moved to Nashville in 2005 and I took a little break from school trying to figure out what I want to do and it was actually Brian that said you know you should think about being a nurse and I thought there's no possible way I could do that you know I used to get like you know sick to my stomach whenever I'd even hear somebody throw up so I could not even imagine actually (laughs) doing the job 
And she's like, no, you care about people. You would be a great nurse. You should think about it. So, you know, I took that leap of faith and was like, all right, if I get in, I get in. And I got in. Okay. All right. If I start it and I don't like it, I don't have to keep going. And then the first few days it was, you know, it was, I knew it was exactly where I was supposed to be. I can't imagine doing anything else with my life. Yeah. Yeah. You're so, you're so good at it. And you're so, um, you know, passionate about, you know, the, the knowledge. And so you're taking your nursing to the nth degree as Mm -hmm. um, a nurse practitioner, which can, you can prescribe drugs, you can, you know, manage Mm -hmm. cases very similarly to a doctor. Right. I can practice independently here um, in the state of Idaho. Thankfully, I don't have to work under a doctor. So if I ever did open a practice, I could do that on my own. And you did a lot of research work, right? I I did. I was a um, cancer research nurse at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. And I worked in melanoma and renal cell carcinoma clinical trials. So basically, we, you know, were the personal trial, the personal nurse to the patients that were enrolled on the trial. So we would, you know, follow the trial protocol, whatever drug was being tested, recruit them, and manage literally everything for them, their symptoms, everything. I would see patients, you know, sometimes every couple weeks. Some people came in every month, some more, it was more than that. And these are patients that had, you know, metastatic disease. So melanoma, they used to, before immunotherapy became more um, popular in the late 2000s, they would have a four to 11 month survival if they were diagnosed with stage four melanoma. So now as of Today, I have patients that should have been dead 11 years ago who are still alive because of these drugs. So it was wow. an absolutely fascinating, and that job completely changed my life. It really, um, it really changed my life, if I could say anything about it. It, the patients, you know, being in their most vulnerable state, like being in such a part of their life, the journey of them either, you know, trying to survive, and some knew that they wouldn't. They were just doing it. You know, if they happen to live a little longer, great. But they wanted that; they wanted to participate so people could live with this disease. And so they were just—they're the heroes. It was absolutely amazing. That is incredible. I love that you're doing this. And I want to mention too that um, that you've said that it was okay to talk a little bit about your astrology. Is that correct? Oh yeah, that's fine. Yep. Definitely. And what's so cool is that, um, you know, you've got, I know you know your astrology, <laughs> but you've got Thanks you. You know, the sun and Venus and Mercury and Jupiter all, you know, very closely conjoined in Scorpio, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, in astrology, Scorpio and the eighth house is associated with, and Pluto is associated with the disease of cancer, by the way, and, mm-hmm. okay. um, and so also dealing with people that are dealing with like, you know, a fatal disease, you know, it's very akin to Scorpio's kind of domain over um, the, the process of death and rebirth, you know, astrologically. So mm-hmm. um, I know that we've talked, you know, several times about that, but I just kind of want to mention that. And um, I also want to mention too that, you know, right now, the Jupiter, Neptune, you know, and Venus is catching up too. conjunction is in your sixth house, the house right. of wellness and, you know, and also the natural house of Virgo. So it does actually have rulership over nursing specifically too, you know, and, 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 and healing and illness and stuff like that too. So I think that'll be really mm-hmm. fascinating to see like how your, you know, how your practice sort of evolves over this year where you're going to finally be finished with this last part of, you know, this, I guess, this level of, of your, um, you know, continued emergence through, through health and wellness. But oh my I, goodness, I don't think I know. you're going to stop. <laughs> I don't think you're no, going to stop. No, it's, it's really, it's almost unnerving in, in a way. It's because I truly don't know what is, next or what's coming up for me I don't and that is just like I don't like that you know I like that but I don't like that I can usually just roll with it whatever and, and things happen and right timing and things you know I'll get into what I'm supposed to do but at this point I really do not know what I'm going to be doing with 
my nurse practitioner practice. I mean, it could go so many ways, and I'm looking forward to it, but it, it's definitely an imminent thing that I, I really don't know what can happen. I think the theme very, at least in, with m- many of my readings and dealing with, you know, with this sort of magical, you know, um, Neptune-Jupiter uh, conjunction and is is to a certain extent of of surrender, you know, kind of like um, directed surrender in the sense that you know what your ultimate goal is, is to be able to be this, you know, very successful, you know, health practitioner, but that also there's an aspect of surrendering to, you know, the co-creative element of the universe, i.e., you know, <laughs> your soul, fate, whatever we call it. <laughs> So Absolutely. we'll see what happens. It's it'll 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 be revealed, I'm sure. Yes, it will. Whether I do anything or not, it's something's happening. <laughs> exactly. Something is definitely going to happen. So, yeah. not a problem. Um, but so, you know, we had talked in, in and I feel like we're I feel like we're late, but we're also not because we have this new wave of COVID coming and you know, my partner is in the entertainment industry and of course it hits them first cuz they're traveling all the time. So like Mm -hmm. his camp and various other camps uh, here that are doing residencies in Las Vegas have gotten COVID. And again, some of them for the second time, you know, Uh, or have tested positive, okay, which is kind of different than, you know, being symptomatic. Absolutely. You and I talked, gosh, probably like a year, year and a half ago about you coming on and, and giving some information about, um, about COVID and, and just, just giving me, giving us and our listeners just like a little information. And you'd mentioned earlier that, you know, it's a virus. It doesn't care whether you believe in it or not. It's real, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. all true, but how do you in the healthcare industry and, and, you know, how do you guys like, tell me, your thoughts on, on COVID and where, whether you think we, we are in a certain amount of herd immunity and what do you think about the new strain and what are your, what are you guys talking about in your world in regards to COVID's continuation? I think the main issue that healthcare providers have dealt with, I mean, other than the fact that whether people believe it or not, if they are sick, they are coming to the hospital, they are being cared for by nurses, by doctors who obviously believe in it and are taking, we have to take care of you regardless of what you believe. We, You are sick. We have a job to do. And I think that's the hardest part about it is that we're trying to tell people, you know, it, it's not just about you in the sense that this virus is here. It is, as of right now, it's it's becoming an endemic, which is something that won't ever actually go away. Like, at this point, I don't think that COVID will be eradicated. It is mutated so much, and it's been around for so long, and it's we had an opportunity at the beginning to actually, like, try to eradicate it, but it, I don't, at this point, think that that's going to be a thing, unfortunately. But with each strain and with the availability of not only the vaccines, which are doing their job no matter what people are thinking about it, you know, if you get positive, you still get COVID with the vaccine, but you're not in the hospital sick, taking up a valued bed, that means it's doing its job. If you are alive at the end of it, the vaccine is doing its job. And I think mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the problem is coming from. Oh, I'm still getting COVID anyway. Oh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, yeah, but you're here. You're still here. You are still breathing. You are not dead. You are not in a hospital bed, you know, next to somebody who, who, need or you know keeping a bed from people who really need it and that's what we've been seeing as healthcare providers we we want you to take it seriously for the fact that like if you have appendicitis or you have chest pains or you break your ankle and you go to the ED and there's people that are not breathing and <laughs> are dying they are going to take they're they are going to be seen first there's just no room and the the taxing of the healthcare system is kind of what I see is, you know, the biggest issue in all of this. Because now, as healthcare providers, we know that you have tools available to protect yourself and your family. You can get the vaccine, 
now kids can get the vaccine, and I believe that they are working on passing it for um, people, kids younger than the age of five, because it's right now it's just five and above. But, um, and we also have antivirals that you can take when you are getting sick. Like my best friend, Sarah, she just got diagnosed with COVID last week and she has a rare lung disease. And so we've been waiting, you know, we've been really careful the past few years and she's still in Nashville, so I haven't been able to be there, but she's done everything she can and everyone around her to make sure that she's safe, but she, she got it. And she was started on an, an antiviral this week and also has had, you know, the boosters and vaccines and everything, and she's doing okay. Like, she's breathing okay. She's not in the hospital. And so now we all have we have more tools available to us, but we have to utilize those tools. So as healthcare providers, we know that we can't protect yeah. everybody, but you have to make your own choice. Yeah, yeah, that's all yeah, that's all really good. So we've got new drugs, we've got um, you know, things happening to help if people get ill. It's it's probably going to be endemic and mm-hmm. um what's interesting about COVID is that, you know, it it affects people differently and especially yes. people that have pre-existing conditions. Um, mm-hmm. if they are in ill health, even if they're not even aware of it or not, you know, exactly, um, yeah. I think that that's what happened. And so, you know, strong, healthy, you know, young adults that had really strong immune systems, you know, they could get COVID and be asymptomatic or whatever, mm-hmm. but then you get someone else and it is deadly. So that was Absolutely. the problem in many ways is that it, it wasn't like, you know, it, it really was, it, it almost like tailored itself to the host, you know, this virus. It yes. didn't always Absolutely. present the same. And that exactly. Was hard. And comparing is really hard. You know, comparison is just horrible anyway because, you know, it's not just about you. It's about, we just have to get out of this about you mindset. It's like, it needs to be mm-hmm. about us, but that's a whole other thing and, you know, and really hard. But, yeah, it's it's tough to get that across. Yeah. It's true, and I think that um, that's part of, you know, I mean, I've I've talked a lot astrologically about, you know, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction and, mm-hmm. you know, that one of the main things I think that people, you know, in general are fighting so much about, you know, was um, we're so ideological, you know, it was like, okay, you know, this, you know, I don't want, I don't want to have to put a mask on, you know. Just the yeah. th- like the idea of like having any of any freedoms infringed, regardless of the safety of the collective, you know, regardless of public mm-hmm. health, you know, mm-hmm. that was exactly. that was really the biggest issue. And you know, then we had the grand mutation or the great mutation of you know the Jupiter Saturn conjunction of 2020 after this like mm-hmm. year of like hardship and people going back and forth about the government shouldn't have to tell us that we have to wear a mask the government shouldn't have to tell us this for public health issue you know issues yeah and, and they're trying not to that's the thing we're trying not to I don't think they want to have to tell you hey this easy thing that you could be doing that could help uh, so much of this, but you're refusing to do this. So now we have to tell you. It's like you know, telling your children. It's like talking to a, yeah, a two-year-old. It is, and because like government is in a, you know in a in a hierarchical authoritative structure similar to a mm-hmm. family, I guess you know right. where mm-hmm. you have you know the idea that you have you know someone that's making decisions for the for the group, the family, the, the nation, whatever, and yeah. um. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like there's a reason why we have it. It works. It's worked for a very long time, um, you know, so and you're not always going to please everyone, but you do have to think of the greater good, the greater good of the family, the greater good of the, of the nation. But the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, you know, the idea of it astrologically is that, you know, Jupiter and Saturn are social planets, talk about our belief systems and what is important as well as the structures that we put in place to support those belief systems or values too. You know, there's mm-hmm. a value aspect to it. And right. so that grand mutation in, in air, the idea here is that it's, it, you know, in, in, in Aquarius especially is that it's like, it's about the greater good. It's 100% hashtag we're all in this together, inclusivity, yeah. 
you know, and so, I mean, that's why I thought I don't concede the, you know, that the separatist kind of like what we, what we have, we call conservative, you know, um, right. government is going to last because this is about inclusivity, mm-hmm. not exclusivity, you know? I totally but agree. Yeah. I think that that is our future. I think that, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's a last gasp of that sort of like, you know, wild west slash strong man slash, you know, we could see it in yeah. Putin and Trump and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. like, you know, every man for himself. And, you know, that is not the future. The future, I think, no. is like globalization. We have, mm-hmm. you know, instantaneous communication around the world. Everybody sees everything. It needs to be, you know, one world, man. Um, I agree. And who wants to live like that, though? Like, who wants to live like every man for himself? I will take no help. I don't need anyone to, you know, tell me what to do or rely on. Like, who? It's it's really easy for people to have that position. And in me, if you're in a place of privilege, to me, it just speaks privilege. It, like, I'm sorry. It's just that we're all going to need somebody. We're all, we all benefit from the betterment yep. of the world and society. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You're against, you know, big pharma. If you have a headache, put that motion away. Like, why are you taking that? <laughs> like, that's, mm-hmm. like, you know, I know it's a silly thing, but it's so true. I'm like, all of the things that, that you rely on in this world that you have available to you once had to be put through, you know, different processes created in a lab or, you know, studied and who wants to live in, in where you truly just have to fend for yourself. Maybe we are stronger together and there's going to be time where you're going to need something from somebody and you're going to be very glad that it's there and it exists. Once you or your loved one experiences something, you know, a support, like a support system you need, you, you know, lose your job or, you know, any, any example, wouldn't you hope that there would be something there to support you if you fell, like something to help lift you back up? I don't, so that's why I don't understand that view. It's a very, I'm going to say like traditionally yang or masculine kind of a view because mm-hmm. this, it, this is your approach as being like, you know, um, a woman, you know, and a mother and stuff is definitely more about in- inclusivity. It's about like, let's share, let me care and share for you. Right. Um, but I think that in, in my own experience of just, you know, I'm thinking about my, like my grandfather, you know, like classic mm-hmm. patriarch, you know, went through the great, <laughs> you know, greatest generation, went through the great depression. And his view was, I don't help you because you need to help yourself because you are kind of alone, you know, in the universe, you know, a man stands alone. It's a very old fashioned John Wayne kind of, you know, um, but it is, it's a, it is a separatist idea that we are separated, that we, that we must, and this nation of the United States has a lot of that within its, embedded within its psyche, you know, of all of these mm-hmm. immigrants coming to this land, you know, and having to fight and scrape on their own. But so it's kind of like a little bit within, I think, the the United States, uh, you know, modus operandi of just, it's just right. something that, that several, many people kind of feel that way, you know, they don't right. want, they want their such guns. such a baby nation. Yeah. And also we were a nation of, of, you know, immigrants that scraped and the pioneers, you know, and yeah, I mean, you live absolutely. in Idaho and yeah. you're, you, you got a lot of them out there, you know, of just like yes. wanting to live off the mm-hmm. land and live on a ranch and mm-hmm. have guns and, and, yep. and be less like, I don't want the government to take my money, you know? Um, yeah. And within that viewpoint, a lot is missed. And <laughs> that's really sad because, you know, this area, the Northwest, is it's so wonderful. It's beautiful, and the people are lovely. And it's just they want they want less government because of, like, that Wild West thing. But most of the people you talk to are not racist. They are not, like, anti-woman, anti, you know, like, 
homophobic, anything like that. A lot of people out here are very welcoming and very kind. They just want the government to leave them alone. Like, but no one's going to take their guns away. Can we just, can we stop that? <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's kind of a, it almost feels like a, a, a sort of a boogeyman kind of fear, you know, that, has, yeah. that hasn't really been realized in the United States, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Oh, no, you know, communism or, oh, no, you know, I have to give up things. I have to give up freedom. I and of course, nobody wants like, you know, to have to pay taxes to the government. But when you think about what you get, you know, know. a lot. Guess what? You know, we're talking about like, you know, especially like state and local taxes sometimes, too. You're getting, you know, roads and infrastructures and you're getting you know, fire departments and police departments Mm -hmm. and organized. And, you know, when you travel and you go to other countries and you see, like, just even their roads, I mean, you know, the United States has fantastic infrastructure in many ways. Right. I think. um, Absolutely agree. You know, anyway, but I really wanted to hear, like, another thing that um, you're so, you know, um, knowledgeable about, you know, um, health and, and, and wellness. And I definitely wanted to pick your brain about COVID too. And, but I also wanted to ask you, you've recently been sharing a lot of your, you know, general opinions, you know, on social media. (laughs) And I know that you, you know, you live in it, you know, fairly, I guess, like traditional or conservative, you know, kind of place in comparison Mm -hmm. to maybe places that I've lived, you know, like, you know, LA and New York and San Mm -hmm. Francisco, you know, but, um, (laughs) but, and your, I know your husband is a principal of a school, but Mm -hmm. how do you, tell me like, how do you um, talk about like the things that you really care about, like social justice, you know, you share a lot about social justice, you share a lot about, um, Another thing that is really important that isn't, I don't think, being talked about enough, which is, unfortunately, the encroachment of, you know, female reproductive rights in the United Mm -hmm. States. Um, This is a big deal that is not being talked about enough, and I wanted to to talk to you a little bit about that, too. You know, that there are so many states that are passing laws that are limiting, um, you know, pregnancy termination and essentially, you know, holding in, in addition to um, to limiting um, the the right for trans people to be trans, like IE mm-hmm. and you know Texas and right. many other. And here, you know, I mean, I, I would think that mm-hmm. you know all different types of of uh, laws could potentially be passed in some of these conservative areas. But tell me how like the conversation that maybe you have with with your husband about it or your family, or tell me like why you think it's so important for you to share that. I believe, oh, and it's, and it's, it's so hard for me to share that. I have I bet. a lot of, I have a lot of thoughts and opinions and a lot of strong and passionate beliefs. And I have to be very careful that I don't just say things in a way that are going to do the exact opposite, which is alienate anybody who may look at it and just immediately see, you know, aggressiveness and anger and all of that. And it's, it needs to be brought over in a passionate way because it is a huge deal. And I, mm-hmm. I don't under, I, and that's the part I'll never truly understand about myself and why I've been doing so much digging is why I feel the need to, to talk about it. Because, I mean, I grew up in, you know, Montana, like one of the smallest population states, not a lot of diversity, although I did initially live the first 12 years of my life, like right on, um, the border of the Northern Cheyenne Indian Reservation, which was, mm-hmm. you know, amazing to to be a part of and to, you know, witness the Native yeah. American culture, something that's so beautiful. But um, what really changed everything for me is after, you know, Brian, my husband, and I got done with college up here in Idaho, where Northern Idaho, we moved to Nashville in 2005 as, you know, broke 22-year-olds, newly engaged, you know, after growing up in a state that didn't even have the same population as, I mean, a smaller population than Metro Nashville. Like, that was a huge, (laughs) the entire state doesn't even have Metro Pap. Yeah, it was crazy. But living there, just, it was one of the best things I could have ever done for, for myself in my life. It was beautiful to me to be, you know, witnessing a lot of 
I mean, Nashville is a melting pot. I know you know that. And it, it, I met everybody, every race, religion, culture, sexual orientation, and it was amazing to me, and I soaked up every second of it. But seeing that just blew my mind how backward everything still was. I really, truly, I mean, I was naive. How would I know, you know? I graduated high school in 2001. The Internet was obviously around, but it wasn't as, you know, big as it is today. I didn't have exposure to a lot of different people. And so I didn't know that the South was still so, so backward in some things, and it blew my mind. And so the more I talked to people, I the more I met people and heard their sides and learned about their cultures and their religion, and it was so... All it did was fuel that inside of me to make sure that there that I could help in some way, and I truly believe as as white people, it's our responsibility to do that. It is our responsibility to mm-hmm. speak up when things are I wrong. Agree. Like I I do not think it should be any minority or oppressed people's job to do it on their own. Like it's just it's our responsibility to do so because it's just so that's why I feel so strongly about it and also you know my best friend is black and the thought of anybody even like treating her differently in any way shape or form makes me you know homicidal (laughs) it's so mad (laughs) protective (laughs) yeah and understanding like it's it's acknowledging privilege it's acknowledging Mm, um, that it is real and that, real. you know, not everyone is treated uh, the same, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I I love that. I think that... Do that you remember, really do you remember the band um, Veruca Salt from the 90s? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I so have their CDs. One of, yes. Well. So one of their members, because, you know, they had a lot of rotating members. One of their members, um, her name is Gina Crosley Corcoran. She mm-hmm. wrote... And she wrote an an op-ed a long time ago, you know, in probably around 2010, 2011, that um, was picked up by, like, the Huffington Post. And it's been recirculated over the years. I mean, it still is to this day. But it's called Explaining White Privilege to a Broke White Person. And that was the – I read that article, I think, in 2012, 2011. And it blew my mind wide open because, you know – you say the word white privilege to, to a white person and immediately a wall comes up because they, you yeah. know, just because I'm white doesn't mean I've been privileged. That, that's not what it means. Right. And that I article, very, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Same. I did too. And, um, you know, you can take the girl out of the trailer, but you can't take the trailer out of the girl. <laughs> that's how I still mm-hmm. feel about a lot of things. But um, that article really, it, it spoke to me and it opened up a whole world of, you know, views I've never thought of before, I guess, ways I've never looked at things. And that's why I think it's our responsibility to make sure things are fair and equal because, you know, for even for trans kids, for, you know, the LGBTQIA community, women, all of these laws that are being passed right now or even brought up are being brought up in the, in the, the view of religion, Right. And that mm-hmm. is where, and and, they, and these laws will not affect the people that are passing them. And that's kind of what kills me the most is I'm like, okay, so if your next door neighbor's daughter wants to, tra- you know, transition to be a male, how is that going to affect you? How does that anything to, have anything to do with you? It doesn't. All you're doing is hurting people that you don't know. And I don't, and that's, I guess I'll never understand that. Same with, yeah. you know, abortion, things like that. Passing judgment. Yes. yes. One yes. of the one of the true evils of, of humankind is passing judgment and saying Absolutely. I I know what is best for you. Mm-hmm. Um my values, my judgments should be yours. And my religion to, should be yours. <laughs> yeah. And I am going to mm-hmm. my belief system should be yours. I'm going to mm-hmm. do everything that I can, um, including putting you in jail. Uh, to ensure that my belief system, I mean, again, privilege, right? Who's doing this? Exactly. Unfortunately, (laughs) a lot of it is white, you know, um, males. 
White males, yep. White males. Well, I know. you know what? I think Maybe I you can marry. I'm so sick of that. I think he's so he's not sick of it, but I'm always just like, oh, white men. He's like, hi, I'm here. I'm like, no, not you, obviously, but you know what I mean. <laughs> not you, but just white men in general. Not you. Well, maybe you, know, you can you actually marry me. some of um, your um, passion for social justice with your training, you know, as a physician, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a uh, nurse MP, practitioner. Yeah, and yeah MP, I would because love to. You know, like helping that community and being dedicated to the community of, you know, marginalized people, whether it's LGBTQ mm-hmm. or POC people or just whoever can't get easily get, um, you know, uh, amazing, experienced health professionals, you know, so and support. Maybe that'll just be, support. And support is the biggest. Well, I part. love that. I mean, you know, they're they're left they're left on their own to deal with a lot of this and it's not easy. Like anybody I had. The, Absolutely not. The clinic, no. the clinic I'm doing my, um, my rotations in right now is, so I live on the border of Washington state. Thank goodness. Because mm-hmm. Washington state, like, Oh, thank goodness that's there. But um, the clinic I work in is right on uh, the border and it's in a university city and it is um, the the nurse practitioner I worked with. She was like the nurse practitioner to help treat um, and do gender affirming care for the trans community. And I got to experience, you know, helping her and learning about that process and watching her manage their medications and their mental health and, you know, get them on the right path. And it was one of the most amazing experiences to be able to watch people who finally for the first time to feel like themselves and and have a provider and a practice that welcomed them and welcomed everybody and then people sought her out I mean she was they sought her out and and rightfully so she took good care of them and um, so it's been a beautiful experience but it also makes me sad because Idaho where I'm at even though it's only two miles away from Washington they're trying to pass something that if if anybody aids in gender affirming care for you know a teenager like I, they could get sent to prison. So if I sent my patient here in Idaho two miles down the road to get estrogen or testosterone, I could go to prison, and that's terrifying to me. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like. This a lot of this legislation is kind of you know being done you know under the mm-hmm. cover of night so to speak you know happening yeah. like and being you know being brought up and then passed you know in yeah. the halls you know so people don't even have a chance to vote on it you know so nope. that's the problem and what do yeah. we need more people willing you know to go into politics and willing to speak up, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so that this does not happen because like, you know, some of these things are, you know, this, this is, this is huge, you know, um, this is huge. Mm-hmm. I really, so we have to get people to speak up for other people. We have to and get that people to is speak the up. hardest part because like and, I've said several times, mm-hmm. I'm not, none of this will affect me. I don't even have a uterus anymore. <laughs> you know, I cannot have a baby, but none of this will affect me, but it, could affect others and it's not it's not right yeah it isn't it is just isn't right and I love that you're standing up for for them and um you know and like it's important you know it's important because we Mm -hmm. are all in this together and I think that believing in um in our own ability to make change even just by speaking up and doing doing small things you know whatever they they can be mm-hmm. is is very important and i just want you to know that i see that in you and i applaud that thank um, you that means a lot yeah yeah tell me how also a small town in montana girl <laughs> who went to school in idaho and <laughs> you know on all, all of that how did you find that you've been kind of like a little bit of a part of like my social media world for some time. And I know that you, mm-hmm. how did you find astrology and magic and, and alternative spirituality, I guess. What was that journey like? Oh for man. You? It has been the most beautiful journey. I, 
I have always, I was raised Catholic and baptized mm-hmm. Catholic. Um, and I always struggled growing up with the fact that if I did or said something that was wrong, you know, said in quotes, that I would go to hell or I could get punished or, you know, even in my heart, I'm a good person. I never sat right with me because, you know, and it also bothered me that any, any other religion, no matter how long it's been around, no matter how beautiful, no matter what their practices are, that they were, they weren't right, that only I'm right, only this religion is right. That Mm -hmm. has never sat with me. And it's Mm -hmm. been a, it was a struggle growing up, you know, because we weren't super religious. I mean, you know, my mom converted to Catholicism because my dad was raised Catholic, but my dad never went to church with us, ever. And so, I mean, we weren't a super religious family, but I was brought up in that setting. So when um, my dad passed away when I was 11, almost 12, and um, he, you know, took his own life, and in the Catholic religion, you know, you go to purgatory or something like that, and it really bothered me, thinking the fact that, like, my dad was an amazing person. He had so much pain and so much struggle, and it was, you know, a lot of people think a selfish act, but I didn't feel that way because I knew that, you know, he was so, he had so much in his going on that he couldn't get help for. Mm -hmm. And so I, the thought that he would be somewhere else that I wouldn't ever be able to see him again because of that act, you know, that also was hard. So I've been on a spirit, like I've been at a crossroads with my spirituality for years and years. And I've always, you know, been interested in astrology. I mean, I, as long as I can remember, I've always known I'm a Scorpio, (laughs) you know, like Mm -hmm. I've always known I'm a Scorpio and been proud of it. But um, I've always kind of, you know, it's always been a very personal thing for me. Again, like Scorpio, we're very, you know, secretive and about certain things. But I keep a lot of this part of my life private. And it's really a journey for me. And so over the years, you know, I've slowly gotten more and more interested in it and been digging a little deeper. And things have been, when things in my life became really challenging, which has been like pretty much all of the 2010s, (laughs) I knew that I'm like this why is why are things so hard right now I don't understand why and I found you through a podcast um I think you uh, cannot remember the podcast but you were you were a guest on it and I just went to your website and saw if you had any any openings for a reading you had one literally that day and and I spoke to you and learned a little bit more about my chart and you told me that you know Pluto and Saturn were beating up my fourth house of home because I'm a, a Capricorn moon, which is in my fourth house. And mm-hmm. so much started making sense to me. And from that moment, you know, I've been on like this deep dive and it's been so fascinating to me. And I've been trying to relate it to everything in life now, you know, it just my own family, my child, my husband, it's helped with, um, you know, communication for me with my husband, it's helped a ton. I mean, he's a, now I know he's a Gemini Mercury and I'm a Scorpio Mercury and we communicate very differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like direct and like don't mess around and he's a little more like passive aggressive. And so, you know, it's helped with a lot of things and especially with, you know, raising my child. Oh my goodness. You know, I see so many things in me and in my husband and him. And I know that he's, he's a Pisces moon He's watery as hell, and he is sensitive, and mm-hmm. it takes a lot, but he's also very hard on himself. He's a Capricorn rising, just like you, and <laughs> a Libra sun. <laughs> and so he's, you know, I see a lot of stuff in him, and I've just been, I've been, it's been such a wonderful and peaceful part of my life learning about this. And I've met the most amazing people online. I feel like I just have, like, you know, an online life that's completely separate from my real life yeah well that's like that's serendipity isn't it I mean it was just happening for you when you really needed it and what's so amazing is that yes you know astrology can give you so many just wonderful like uh, you know affinities with your own experience in life you know Mm -hmm. I call it an affinity or a synchronicity or a reflection 
And when you see that, it's like, oh, wow, there's some um, intelligence here. There is some structure here. There is something that seems like it's reflecting my experience. And in that way, it validates my experience, but it also shows me that that these are cycles, you know, that they're movements. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, astrology is definitely not, moral you know it doesn't tell you how to live right. like organized yes. religion does it doesn't tell you and what that's to why believe, i love it you know it's free will it's free will like and that's it definitely you can incorporate it. that yeah i yeah. mean it, it is it's I fate and free will it. you know just like mm-hmm. life itself i guess you know um, well and the the thing i love the most about it too is looking how to balance things in my life so, like, mm-hmm. if I'm looking at a transit coming up, then I can take the high road or I can take the low road of that that planet or that For transit sure. or whatever's happening. Like, I can go both ways. It's, it's you know, I have some, um, you know, I have a, some autonomy in that, and that is a big deal to me, you know, and this really helps balance things out in my life a lot, too. You know, that it's it's been wonderful to watch, like, and see how things unfold. But I remember you telling me, a while back that astrology is astronomy with meaning and that, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that struck because I, you know, astronomy, the stars, the planets, the movements, it's there whether we believe in it or not. Right. But give it meaning with all the interpretations and how long people have been studying, studying astronomy and astrology. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, there didn't mm-hmm. used to be a separation between matter and spirit, you know. So right. the idea here is that, you know, spirit is like the soul or the meaning behind things. What is the soul behind this particular thing? And we see it as observed on earth. What is in the zeitgeist? Mm-hmm. What is in the collective? What are we collectively dealing with? And then again, what are we personally dealing with? You know, we're dealing with different types of moving energies. Mm-hmm. And... um so that, you know, and right now we're dealing with, you know, all of the things that you're so passionate about. Those are the themes that we're all collectively dealing with. And right. And it does it, like I do believe in the like, quote unquote, butterfly effect, you know, in the sense that like mm-hmm. everything is connected, everything. And so everything. when I see someone like yourself, like this beautiful, amazing, um, you know, woman who has had and, you know, who has you know, you, you incarnated, you know, with that, that scorpionic, that plutonic mark, you know, you, you know, that you experienced it in your own life, Mm -hmm. you know, through the passing of your father so young. And so tragically, you know, of that ability to sort of um, live with um, transformation and metamorphosis and to evolve potentially, you know, and to do that through, yeah, your own belief systems and, and and how how you're growing and then I love how you're sharing it like it just it's it's very <laughs> meaningful to me you know and so that's why I wanted to have you on you know I I want to have a series of 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 people that I've met like online of clients or what have you mm-hmm. that um to talk to them about what they care about you know and how they're showing up in the yeah. world and so you were like one of the first people that I thought of because I really want Aww. you to know that that it's I think that what you who you are is beautiful and Thank you. what you do is beautiful. And um, I'm really excited to see how much more, you know, you and you are are showing up to help this world because I think that you are a, a big light in it. And I just want to thank Aww. you for sharing thank that. Thank you so much. So that really helps me feel like it's okay to keep going in that in that direction, you know, a little bit more 100%. a little less secretively, you know. And it's like, not about, again, it's not about passing judgment by saying like, look, no. this is coming up, but it's like, it's like, look, if you, if you have strong belief systems, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and perhaps they are, you know, positive ones, you know, <laughs> rather than <laughs> or productive ones, you know, because there's right, people, that, right. there are people that have very strong belief systems in, you know, the fact that the world is a shitty place and people are shitty, you know, but right. that's not right. necessarily, you know, an objective truth. Mm-hmm. But don't think I don't think that sometimes too, though. You're a helper, you know, <laughs> oh, in every disaster, yes. look for the helpers. And I think look that you're one helpers. of them. Look for the helpers because they're always there. We, 
We all can be one. We all can be helpers. We, we are. We are all put here. One, you know, we're put here for a reason, and I know all of our reasons are different. But I want to figure out what I'm meant to be on this earth for. Why am I here? What can I do for for good while I'm here? Because that's you know that's how we keep the world going. I guess that's how we keep going. Well, being being the helper and being the healer is a very, very high, high vibe and high level, um, you know, a job. And um, you're definitely doing that. And so before we close, what are some of the, um, what are some resources that you like that I can share with listeners on um, health and wellness or, you know, various other things that you like to look at? Ooh, that's a really good question. Like, do you have a, is, is, I mean, other than like, you know, because <laughs> I know a lot of people are like, CDC, nobody knows what to believe yeah, anymore. No. What what news source <laughs> is good for, like, at least, at least just for, um, you know, for like, you know, general, you know, tips for maybe just say COVID, you know? I always am looking at what the latest research is and if you're going to look at something that has any validity it needs to be you know peer-reviewed clinical peer-reviewed studies trials okay and they have to be you know so i'm always looking at what is being studied what is next the next research on things and i know it can be difficult to find find that that's not opinionated and biased but um you know, you need to look for, you know, things that end in like .org, <laughs> so that usually helps a little bit, or .edu, but um, I don't, you know, that's a good question. I might have to get back to you on that one, because I'm, okay. I'm well, all over the place. Okay, well, let us know, and I'll, I'll post it in notes okay. later. But, um, <laughs> Sounds good. It was just so lovely to talk to you, and, it's always you know, lovely to talk keep to going. Uh, okay. I really appreciate you sharing, you know, your information with people, and um, and, and just who you are. So thank thanks, you. Michelle. You too. You're my favorite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. And um, if you if you want, I would. Sh- I'm going to share your um, Instagram in the notes, yeah. so that maybe um, totally folks fine. that listen can maybe like, you know, it's kind of like you know, you you definitely post a lot of um, information. Uh, so awesome. uh, I'll do that. And thank you so much, Angie. And um, thank you. I'm excited to see what what happens for you this year. And uh, I know that it's going to be really, really interesting and um, a wonderful evolution for you. Thanks, Michelle, for so, your support. Thanks for, thanks for talking. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Bye.